0: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier, using cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from popular culture, and our own experiences. This week, we'll talk about why it's good to leave on a high note, and I will answer a personal question that many listeners have posed. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, with whom I am about to celebrate a big
1: anniversary. It's coming up. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretchen, our second anniversary of this podcast is just around the corner.
0: Unbelievable. Does it feel like two years?
1: No, it doesn't. It feels like we just started. I can remember exactly uh, the moment when we went live. uh, (laughs) And it's been so much fun. And our listeners have been so great and um, contributed so much to the show.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And in that spirit, we want to ask you to contribute even more to the show, which is um, we're going to do a special episode for our second anniversary with highlights from the last year. So if you have a favorite, try this at home. If you have a terrific uh, before and after story, if you have a favorite funny moment, if you have a jewelry box solution, we've had many, many jewelry box solutions proposed mm-hmm. to us. Uh, let us know.
1: Yes, email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or call 77-HAPPY-336 and leave us a voicemail message. Now, Gretchen, episode 102, we talked about a try this at home, which was find the missing puzzle piece. And it was sort of what's the thing missing um, in your life that would make everything much easier or more satisfying? And we have heard from so many people about what their missing puzzle pieces have been.
0: Yeah, You know, Alyssa, sometimes it's funny because we'll talk about an idea and I'm sort of like, is anybody else going to respond to this? Like, is it going to strike mm-hmm. a chord with anybody? And people 100 percent understood the the idea of the missing puzzle piece. And it was so satisfying to read about them. Like one a listener said she bought like reading glasses from the dollar store. And so they were just everywhere. Um, she could give them away to anybody who needed them. They were just piles of them. Um, so that, that was never an issue. Uh, many people mentioned, uh, more trash cans, adding a trash can yes. and if, like adding those in, uh, bigger ones or bigger
1: jo- trash cans.
0: Yes. Yes. One thing that really I responded to was having some things in every room, like scissors, post-it mm-hmm. pads, sharpies, pens, tape, facial tissues. I'm somebody I used to always consolidate and like, let me put all the scissors away together, but it's like no, mm. it makes more sense to have your scissors distributed throughout your apartment.
1: Yes, um, somebody else had the uh, the missing puzzle piece was colored key caps, so that she could tell her keys apart, which is a great idea.
0: Yeah, an extension cord power strip, so that you have uh, you don't have to keep plugging taking things in and out of the outlet. You can just plug them all in. That seemed easy. And what surprised me was how many people mentioned. Figuring out how to make use of an unused room in their house, because you think, mm. how can someone? How can you have a whole room that you're not really properly using? But several people reported how, once they found a missing puzzle piece, then they were able to use a whole part of their house. Like, um, Amy talked about how she had this room and had a lot of light, but somehow it just didn't feel appealing, and so, and she also had piles of books all over her house. So she and her mother built this like, it, she sent us a picture. It's like a real piece of furniture. It looks very professional. Mm-hmm. It's big. And it made the whole room look more furnished. It gave her a place to put all these books and these art objects. It looks gorgeous. And now she's sort of reclaimed this whole missing part of her house, which is an amazing puzzle piece.
1: Yeah, that's a big puzzle piece. I love this from Jenny, who wanted to eat better. She um, said she wanted to eat healthier, but she somehow couldn't get inspired to do it. And then she found these cool salad containers that were lightweight and easy to clean and had a little thing to put salad dressing in. So she says, I usually hate making salads, so much work chopping all that stuff. So I told myself, you love making salads. Think of all the different combinations of toppings and things you can put on there. You prep all these different things and then put them in separate containers. Then each weeknight I pull out different ones and put together a salad for the next day. It's never boring and most of the work is already done and I have my cool salad container. So the simple salad container was her missing puzzle piece.
0: Right. So it's, it's been fascinating to, to, to hear, like, sometimes they are as small as a colored keycap, and yet they can make life a lot easier. So that was really fun. Um, thank you, everyone, who sent those in. Yes. Now, Elizabeth, our try this at home tip is to leave on a high note.
1: Yes, and Gretchen, this suggestion comes from our listener Dee in Kansas City, Kansas.
0: Oh, our hometown neighbor. We're from Kansas City, Missouri, but, you know, love a fellow Kansas Cityan. Excellent.
1: Yes, yes. Dee suggested this as a hack, but we actually thought it was worth elevating it <laughs> to a Try This at Home. So D wrote... I have a happiness hack to share and it's to leave on a high note. I have found this hack useful for social situations and vacations. If you're at a party or family event, try to leave while you're still enjoying yourself. Instead of trying to squeeze every little bit of enjoyment out of a social event and risk things going downhill due to becoming tired or bored, leave while you are still feeling energized from your time with people you're more likely to leave the event with positive feelings that will make you more likely to attend future social events since you left on a high note. Another way to look at this hack is to quit while you're ahead or leave wanting more. I think this hack leaves you feeling exciting and energized to socialize again in the future.
0: Now, see, this, I think, is so helpful in managing social situations, and I'm really lucky because I am terrible at this, Mm. and I have this thing where once I'm in a situation, I kind of forget that I can leave or that I should be thinking (laughs) about when to leave. I just am there, and if I'm left to my own devices, I will stay too late and get kind of drained and overwhelmed, Um, but I'm really lucky because Jamie is really good at leaving on a high note. He always knows the exact moment to leave, and I remember... At our wedding, like at our actual mm. wedding, you know, we're there, everybody's there, we're cutting the cake, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then he, he came up to me at one point, and he goes, now it's time for us to leave. And I remember thinking, mm. like, you are my knight in shining armor. You are so <laughs> right. It is time for us to leave. And I really am now, I'm exhausted. Like, it is time for us to leave. And I was so happy that he had recognized this is the moment for us to leave.
1: Yeah. And I think I used to be a person who would stay till the bitter end of something. In fact, I think I felt obligated, like it was rude to leave. Yeah. Of course, it can also be rude to stay. People are usually ready for you to leave. (laughs) in any given situation. But it's true that it's really draining. Like if you stay too long, it just suddenly can switch over from good to bad. Like a flicker. Like from a great feeling to like a ugh weird feeling. Yeah. And recognizing that and leaving before that switch over, um, I agree with um D that it can it, it helps you want to do another a social event again if you've left feeling good.
0: Well, you know, and like so many things related to happiness, it's really about mindfulness. It's about recognizing like I'm in a I'm in a situation, what is my state? And and I can manage, I can make choices, I can steer the situation so that I get, you know, maximum fun and pleasure and happiness from it and not, you know, let it become overwhelming and draining. But at least for someone like me, if I don't specifically remind myself to do that, it's easy to just get so caught up in whatever's happening that I lose track of the fact that I, sh- I need to be picking a moment. I mean, it, at some point you're going to leave. So it's like pick the right moment to leave.
1: Yes. Well, you
0: just went to Disneyland with Jack. I mean, that's that's like classic pick your moment to leave uh, type situation. Did, did you think about it then?
1: Yes. In fact, I went with uh Kareen um, and we discussed beforehand that we wanted to leave on a high note. Yeah. Because we were going to be there on a Sunday. Uh, we stayed over Saturday night and had all day Sunday there. And it is the thing where you want to just drain every drop of yep. fun from Disneyland. But we said, let's not do that. Let's leave early because they have school tomorrow and we need to, you know, we want them to be rested and get home and have time to unwind and um we were completely on board and we got you know it got to the point in the afternoon where we said we've done every ride that we absolutely had to do there's nothing else that you know if we miss it like we're just going to feel like we didn't do disneyland and as soon as we got to that point we left and um we all got home at a reasonable hour and a Jack and I got to have dinner with Adam and relax, and he was rested for school the next day. So it was definitely better to leave at, you know, 430 and not do Finding Nemo again, um, as opposed to getting in every last ride.
0: But, you know, you raise a point that I think is um, really helpful to think about, which is you might want to talk to somebody else either in advance or at the time, because sometimes I think people do have different expectations. And if you're with somebody who's like, my philosophy is drain every drop, and another person's philosophy is, you know, quit while you're ahead, yes. you might have conflict. And it's not that one person's right and one person's wrong. It's just like, how do we get to a place where we both feel like we're managing the situation? So I think it's a great idea that you guys talked about in, in advance.
1: Yes. And I will say, if if you're not on the same page as the Person you're with about this, it dovetails with another one of our try this at homes. Um, I think we did, which was, um, have an exit strategy. Yeah. In other words, like have your own way home so <laughs> that you're not stuck there. Yeah, if you don't want to be
0: right, right, right. Well, and on the uh, the drain every drop philosophy, I have to say this is something I really learned from my in laws, and maybe this is where mm. Jamie got it because Elizabeth, growing up, mom and dad definitely have the like let's get every beautiful moment out of this vacation that we can um, type of philosophy, which goes very well with their like they're very high energy people and like to cram in a lot. But the Rubens always have like a recovery day; they have like mm. a day where you. Get caught, you know. You get yourself organized. You you deal with the mail. You sort of have this day to come back. And at first, it seemed really strange to me, like why would you cut your vacation short a day? But now I really treasure that, and I feel like vacations are more that we take with my in laws are more restful because you're not being slammed the next day with you know Monday.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a that's a tip from the Rubens that I've definitely taken it myself, because I I think it does help to have that buffer time.
0: Buffer time. That's a good way to put it. But I mean, the fact is, it's like a lot of times things don't get more and more fun the longer Mm -hmm. they go on. You know, right? (laughs) it's like so that's why the high note pick the high note. It's not the end note. It's the high note.
1: That is a good distinction. The high note.
0: Let us know if you try this at home and how leaving on a high note works for you. Twitter, Facebook, email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, go to happiercast.com slash 105. This time, this is episode 105. For any information, links, images, et cetera, related to the episode.
1: Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day.
0: Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash happier to start your trial today.
1: So, Gretchen, um, this happiness hack um, comes from the Metropolitan Museum, which just announced a fantastic new policy.
0: Yes. So if you're a person who loves to, like, make personalized mugs or you want to make a mouse pad or a T-shirt, you know, with art images, the Metropolitan Museum now has a policy where they have 375,000 images of its art collection for free and unrestricted use. And that is, it's everything that they have that's in the public domain or where they um, they have the copyright to it. And so you can use it for general use, you can use it for scholarly use, and you can even use it for
1: commercial use. So you can just go on what their website and browse these images or...
0: Yes. If you want to know the website, it's uh, metmuseum.org. And um, what you do is you just like look up the artwork that you're interested in. So like, let's say you're looking up one of Monet's water lily paintings, and it'll just say whether you can use it. So like, I looked up at Andy Warhol, and it was like, no, you can't copy this. You can't use this. It's restricted. But then with other things like Washington Crossing the Delaware, it was like, yeah, you can use it. I mean, I, I, you know, every time I hear about something like this, i just like, I feel overwhelmed. Like, mm. what could a person do? I never do much with it, but I love knowing that I can. And I think that there's <laughs> a lot of people who have amazing uses for these kinds of iconic, gorgeous masterpiece images that they now have so much more access to. So I think it's a great, It's a, it, it just, it feels like something that unleashes creativity. Yes. Think about how you could use this.
1: Yes. Yeah, so thank you to the Met for that. And Gretchen, I'll have to get you a Washington crossing the Delaware. Bike.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Okay, Gretchen, it is time for a know yourself better. Tell us tell us what we're asking ourselves about ourselves today.
0: Well, I actually hit upon this distinction at a dinner party. And I have to say, it doesn't reflect very well on me because we had this dinner party and this guy was talking about himself and he was saying how important it was that a person have childlike wonder. And he kept using that phrase, Mm -hmm. childlike wonder. And as Elizabeth, you know, I have this very belligerent side of me, which is very argumentative, Mm -hmm. which is basically why I don't drink anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really will get very belligerent. And I was holding myself back from really arguing with this guy, but it made me realize why was I wanting to argue with him against mm. childlike wonder? Like, what's wrong with childlike wonder? So in right. the moment... Seems I, like a good thing. Like, it Seems like a good thing. But in the moment, I did just, like, manage to uh, curtail my belligerent side. But it got me thinking about this distinction. The difference between childlike wonder and adult like wonder, which is, I'm coining to be the opposite thing. And I think that actually... This guy and my disagreement with this guy does kind of highlight a distinction in people's feelings
1: about wonder. So what is the distinction and and what do you have against childlike wonder, which is what I'm gathering from (laughs) what you're saying is it was the notion that you should have childlike wonder was bothering you.
0: Well, I think it was this idea that this is the right thing, you know, because because one of the Uh, things I think is is like, Often it's not that there's one right way, but that there are many right ways and that what's more interesting is to think how people might be different and how we can learn from each other and maybe accommodate each other and see how people might have a different perspective on the world. And I think what was annoying me was his insistence on a one type of wonder. It's not that there's anything wrong with childlike wonder, but it's not the only kind of wonder and it's not the best kind of wonder. So to me childlike wonder is the kind of wonder that comes from being new in the world it's from the novelty of experience so you know there's something special every time it's the first time we see something or we do something obviously if you're a child you're going to be much closer to that state just because you're newer in the world and so ch- children's wonder is is less mixed mm. with outside associations and emotions
1: and then what about adult like wonder so i feel
0: like adult like wonder and i have to say this is the this is what appeals to me more not that there's anything wrong with childlike wonder is the wonder that comes from experience and understanding and i think some things seem more marvelous when you have more knowledge about them and and so you're bringing you get maybe get more out of it because you're bringing more to
1: it so i guess it's like imagining like a 4-year-old child looking at the night sky and sort of gazing at the stars with wonder versus An adult astrophysicist who's looking at the stars and understanding so much of what she's seeing. Yes. Right? It's like the child will feel one kind of wonder, the astrophysicist will feel another kind of wonder.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So there's the childlike wonder and the adult like wonder. And I think, and it's sort of like, I don't even know where this goes. I mean, like, what's the significance of this? Like, how are you going to do anything differently? but it's just that i think it's an interesting way of having insight into yourself and kind of the what appeals to you.
1: Yeah, i think i'm definitely with you and that i'm more attracted to adult like wonder. I think i appreciate something more when i know more about it. And i think maybe it's a comfort level. I mean, i think there's something about i associate with childlike wonder that it's like you're dependent on other people to guide you through you're, it's new. It's unfamiliar. And I think I'm just someone who feels more comfortable when I have my bearings.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that there's with there's more ma- mastery and familiarity. There's less novelty. And but then it's it's interesting because sometimes you can sort of experience both at one time. Like I think about this when I read something like the works of Lauren Ingalls Wilder or or C.S. Mm. Lewis or something where I remember my love for them as a child and I loved them so much. But I have a different kind of love for them now, a different kind of appreciation, because I, un- I just see much more. I see the mastery of the writing. I see tensions and, and issues that didn't jump out at me as a child. Like I'm much more aware of them now. I see much more what's going on. And so I feel like I still have the childlike wonder, but it's kind of it's in a, in a shell of an adult-like wonder.
1: Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um. And I do think, and everyone talks about this, and I think it's really true that having a child and you know doing things yes. with children does help you experience something anew, like going to the zoo, let's say. But yet, it, like you're saying, it also is wrapped up in your own nostalgia and your own feelings of having done it as a kid. So you can kind of get both at once.
0: And maybe that's the fact of, like, when you're at the zoo, the child is just looking at the monkeys and thinking, like, monkeys are awesome. And then you're, like, reading the plaque and be like, it's so interesting when you look at their immigration patterns or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you both are sort of getting it. Uh, you're you're both getting different kinds of wonder. But it's absolutely true. Children remind you of, like, how amazing a rainbow is or soap bubbles or, you know, it is. You can tap back into that. Yeah. So it's not one or the other.
1: Yeah. And it just it it really goes to your point that it's just everyone has their own way of perceiving the world and you don't want to be shoving your way down anybody's throat. (laughs) Yes. That's the moral of the story. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. So let us know if you like what appeals to you more, adult-like wonder or childlike wonder. They're both good. Now, for listener question, as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336, or email podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: Gretchen, this week we have a question from Fiona in Medford, Massachusetts. She says... My question is to both of you regarding eating healthy. I recently experienced the lightning bolt you have described before related to sugar and the food industry. I have become much more vigilant in my diet and am on a mission to become the healthiest version of myself I possibly can be. I know Elizabeth must keep close track of her blood sugar due to type 1 diabetes, and I have heard Gretchen mention that she does not eat sugar or carbs. I am overwhelmed by the amount of resources out there with diets and meal planning, etc. So I try to eat the least amount of sugar and carbs as possible and load up on veggies. Gretchen, do you have a consistent meal plan that you stick to every day to ensure that you feel your best and know you're eating healthy? I'm so curious to hear what your day to day is like and how you stick to it. I am an obliger and an abstainer. I need to come up with a creative way to keep myself on track. And Gretchen, um, you know, this is a question we have gotten so many times. What do you eat? <laughs> so once and for all, <laughs> what, what, we need to know, what do you eat?
0: Right. What do I eat? Well, um, and I just want to preface this by saying this is the way that I eat. I'm not saying it's the right way for everybody to eat to this point where, you know, everybody has to find their own way, what's right for them. But I'm an abstainer too, like Fiona, and that means that for me, it's a lot easier not ever to eat certain things because then they don't bother me and they don't nag at me. So I don't eat, I don't eat sugar or flour or rice or pasta. Mm-hmm. I just don't eat those. And again, I'm not saying everybody should be an abstainer or that being an abstainer is better. But for me, it's just a lot easier never to eat that stuff. And then I don't think about it and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't distract me because I'm not thinking about, well, should I have one or two or whatever? So there's a lot I don't eat. Um, so what do I eat? I eat a ton of eggs. I have talked many times yes. about my beloved Krups hard-boiled egg maker, which I use, I fired that thing up constantly. And I eat scrambled eggs for breakfast every single day. And I will also often eat egg salad for lunch. Um, so that's a lot of eggs. And I will also eat eggs like in a frittata or a quiche. I don't eat the crust. I eat a lot of salmon. I eat a lot of tuna. And I do eat a lot of red meat. I eat a lot of hamburger. I eat steak. And I eat a lot of vegetables. But I don't eat starchy vegetables, so I don't eat peas or carrots or squash or sweet potatoes. Mm. I eat a lot of nuts. We eat a lot of nuts in my house. And I mean bags and bags and bags and bags of nuts. I do eat yo- yogurt, full-fat yogurt, uh, Greek yogurt. For a while, it was my precious.
1: Yes, um, and, I, and I and I,
0: But for somehow, I grew that. And now I have, like, one container a day, and it's that's fine. Those are, like, the basic things I eat. And then I will eat things that are kind of a mixture of them. So, like, I would eat a ham and vegetable quiche. I would eat a Cobb salad, which has got, you know, with cheese, I don't eat like a piece of cheese, but if cheese is an ingredient, like it's, there's cheese in a quiche or there's cheese in a salad or it's a cheese. Feta
1: bro- in a Greek salad. Exactly. I would eat that. Well, I think one of the keys um, to to your way of eating, which some people may um, like and others will not like is that you eat the same things over and over again. You don't feel the need for a lot of variety. Like I think out of 20 times that I'll eat at a restaurant with you, 19 of those times you'll eat a hamburger patty. No, and that's a
0: really important thing uh, to, to recognize about yourself too. talk about distinctions. That you're a 100% correct. I have always been the kind of person who basically eats the same foods all the time. And I prefer that. Whereas for some people, that would be something you'd have to think about much more. How, what are you? Do you like, do you like a lot of variety? Or are you more like me? I can't, I, I can't remember.
1: I think I go back and forth. I mean, my issue is just, I can't give up carbs. I mean, I just feel like I love carbs. I know I'd be happier and healthier if I gave them up. Um, And I have done it for short periods of time, but I just have not been able to get that to stick. Um, And I think another, just sorry, back to your eating for one second, is I think a lot of people wonder, oh, but when does Gretchen decide, yes, I'm going to have the piece of pie? Oh, well, I am going to have that now, you know, because it's a special occasion. And I know we've talked about this, but I just want to repeat, you never do it. You never have a special occasion. So, just to answer that question for people.
0: Yeah. Now, but I will say this I love never worrying about it. So, for me, that works. Mm. But I think more people, even people who eat basically low carb the way I do, like dad, they don't go as far as I do, which he has the grandchild exception.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: a guy, he basically, day after day after day in his ordinary life, he eats very low carb. But when there's a grandchild in the house, He's making pancakes, mm-hmm. which is his specialty, his Swedish pancakes. We're going to the grocery store to buy ice cream. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's not that often. You know, it's right. an exception. Like, and how often does it happen? Not that often. And so I think he's found a way to sort of have the fun of the ice cream and the cookies with the grandkids. But, in, but basically he's eating very healthy. And so I think that, like, there's ways to do it. I like to do it very, very
1: consistently. And but that goes with your upholder tendency, yes. I have to point out.
0: I'm an abstainer. I'm an upholder. It's, just, it's it just, it does. It's my nature. And this, again, is the thing that we talk about all the time, which is figure out what's true for you and set things up that work for you. you know, my way works for me, but there's a lot of ways that people uh, manage to eat healthier. It's a big question.
1: So I hope that helps Fiona um, to know what you eat. And I, yes, I won't, what I eat is not, you know, what the world should necessarily eat. Although I I do keep track of my blood sugar and I try to eat protein and all of that. But, um, but I'm still a work in progress with my eating as many of us are. (laughs) Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And you are up with a happiness demerit.
0: Yes, um, this is a well-deserved demerit. So uh, one of the things that's very particular about me is I have this thing where I hate any plot involving unjust accusation. Any book, (laughs) movie, television show, I cannot stand it. I could smell it coming a mile away and I run. So I hate the play Othello. I will not watch the movie The Fugitive. I would not read the book (laughs) Atonement because they all have this theme of unjust accusation. But you know how sometimes they say, if you spot it, you got it? Um, Mm -hmm. I will do unjust accusation. And I just did it the other day where we got, we ordered fresh direct groceries and I walk in, my whole family is sitting there together in this peaceful, loving tableau. I walk Mm -hmm. in, I see these boxes and I say, has no one thought to unpack the perishables? You're just sitting there. Like that was literally the first thing out of my mouth. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and
0: and, of course, Jamie's like, well, I took out everything that needed to go into the fridge. That's just the other stuff that we can put away later. And I was like, okay. Mm. Hi, honey. You know, kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> um, so I think uh, you spot it. You got it. I was doing and I said to everybody, I'm like, I'm sorry, that was unjust accusation. <laughs> now let me give you your big, warm Hello. And I'm sorry that that was the first thing I said as I walked through the front door. Yeah.
1: Well, next time one of those is about to come out, Gretch, you could remember this moment and you could say, you can check the groceries first and <laughs> see if someone put them away before yes. you come out with your accusation. Yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. So take, so Elizabeth, give us a gold star as a refreshing uplift moment.
1: Yeah, Gretchen, I'm going to give myself a gold star this week because, as I've discussed many times with our listeners, I struggle with getting to all of my many doctor's appointments. Yes. Um, And I had a little bit of downtime, and I said, you know, one thing I I said in terms of a demerit that I was going to do to, you know, not have a demerit about doctor's appointments was when I have a doctor's appointment on the schedule to go, you know, as opposed to moving it over and over again. So I had a doctor's appointment on the schedule. I said, all right, I'm going to this appointment. I went to the appointment and it so happened that day I was getting a referral for a new eye doctor from my regular doctor. And that eye doctor is in the same building. And I said to myself as I left my doctor's office, you know what, I'm just going to go down to this new eye doctor's office and I'm going to present myself and just see if I can get in because I need to go to the eye doctor. And I went in and I just said to the woman, I have a referral. Is there any way he could see me today? She said, well, are you willing to wait? And I was like, yes, I am. Because, you know, my issue is constantly driving to Beverly Hills. It's like an hour each way. And I thought sitting here for an hour will be much better use of my time. And so I just sat down and I had like no impatience. You know, I just knew it would take what it took and I was just going to be there and, you know, read and uh, relax and wait for the doctor. Anyway, I got in. It didn't even take that long. Got my eyes dilated, did the whole thing. So I knocked out two doctor's appointments in one day. And um, I now only have one more doctor's appointment left that I need to do. So I was very happy with myself for that.
0: Well, you, don't, you get two gold stars for that because first you kept your word to yourself about like not postponing, but really going to the doctor. And then when you were there, you did two and one, for one. That is amazing. Well done. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm conquering the doctor thing. That's good. It's important. Very important. Gold star. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Leave on a high note. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
1: Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
0: And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you like the show, you may be saying to yourself, Hey, Gretchen and Elizabeth, I love your show. I want to listen to something else that's kind of like your show. What other shows can you recommend? And we can say, check out the Onward Project family of podcasts. These are podcasts that I've helped to mastermind. One is Side Hustle School by the brilliant Chris Gillibo, And that's all about how to start a side hustle. On the side of your regular day job, how to do something on the side to make a little money, have a little freedom, do something cool with your time. And that's every day, which is a really fun way to listen to a podcast, I have to say. So that's Side Hustle School. And the other one in the Onward Project family of podcasts is Radical Candor. And that's Kim Scott and Russ Laraway. And they're talking about... how to work within organizations so uh, their tagline is how not to hate the boss you have or be the boss you hate so it's how to do a better job of dealing with people at work and it is super fascinating and a lot of the things that they say even though i basically work for myself in my yoga pants all day long i find myself mm-hmm. using it all the time myself and so uh, and they're just really funny and, and uh and have really good insights. so check out side hustle school and radical Canada.
1: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft
0: and I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.